Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Uh, it's a lovely evening at the Aegeus Bowl, and particularly a lovely evening if you're a Kiwi, because the land of the long white cloud are the inaugural champions of the World Test Championship, and deservedly so, really. Uh, an emphatic eight-wicket victory, which actually, Simon, for quite a long time, even today, you weren't certain of. But in fact, in the end, there was a, a feeling of inevitability about it, actually. Yeah, it was really bizarre watching the Kiwis sort of dancing there changing room at the end because they knew they were going to win for about the last three quarters of an hour hour or so but amazing in on this final day and we were talking this time yesterday you know probably going to probably going to be a draw and as it turned out New Zealand rather cantered to victory they had seven overs left when Ross Taylor it felt rather appropriate that Taylor hit the, the winning runs when Ross Taylor hit the boundary that took New Zealand home by eight wickets so an emphatic victory in the end India well beaten and you know, in in a way, they were sort of it was like an arm wrestle. It was a real tussle. But you, you see, said it was boa constrictor cricket. <laughs> well, there was some boa constrictor cricket yesterday, and uh, there was some the arm snake wrestle. kind of lay down in the end, didn't it? And, uh, and died rather sort of rather limply actually in India in the end. Yeah, they did. I mean, they, the, the the wicket of Kohli was crucial, wasn't it? In the first half an hour, he came out yesterday. He, he was sort of bristling. He was he was confident. He was positive. And then they got him out 25 minutes into the day's play. And from there, New Zealand sort of gradually, sort of inexorably, took control of the match. They, they were the boa constrictors, actually, weren't they, on, the, on this final? They, they squeezed the life out of this Indian side. You know, a very good Indian side as well. And, and New Zealand, who only just qualified for the final. They only qualified for the final because Australia's slow over eight had... Points deducted. That's the only reason they qualified. Well, not the only reason. They obviously won some matches as well. But Australia would have qualified without a slow over eight. And here they are, the first World Test champions. Past six o'clock on the sixth day of of this Test match, we got there in the end. I mean, you said right at the start it was going to be a positive 
outcome to this game. Well, I also said, and I'm going to cut this in, uh, that actually when we had this debate about who was going to win this championship yeah. match, and we had Simon Dool and, and Dinesh Kartik on our virtual cricket club, and Simon Dool, when asked, said, oh, well, you know, the land of 1.3 billion people are going to win this. And I said, rubbish, it's your time. And absolutely, it is, your, it is New Zealand's time, and it's been proved by this result. And I'd just be, like to say a little bit of uh, credit to the staff at the Cricketer magazine, because I convinced them to create our new uh, issue around New Zealand cricket, partly because they'd just beaten England and given them a, a good old hiding in that uh, short test series. But I just I suppose I had a bit of a hunch that they might do better in this final match than perhaps a lot of people did. Uh, New Zealanders anyway like to, to sort of preach the, the underdog kind of philosophy. And, and I just thought, that, you know, the way they're playing not only cricket, but rugby as well. Clearly, you know, the All Blacks uh, are, are the, the blueprint for how to run a, a sporting operation. You can hear all the fireworks, by the way, in the background to celebrate their, their victory. We're just uh, overlooking the ground where all the celebrations are going on and the pyrotechnics are happening. You know, I just felt that, you know, New Zealand were... It was their time to win this tournament and, and this final match. And so our front cover of the, the new cricketer issue says New Zealand new model army and it's out tomorrow yeah well I mean, there's no need to cut it in yours your your prediction I I vouch for it I remember it you you, you were very clear I said I thought India you know were all around the better side uh, didn't necessarily mean they were going to win but I, I you know I felt they were all around better side with sort of more general talent uh, than New Zealand but New Zealand played magnificently over the the days that we had here and it was truncated the weather I think they you know they won a good toss didn't they yeah and and also, I think they had the better side for the conditions. Yeah. I think the fact they had five pace bowlers and that really helped them. They could, you know, they could keep that pressure up on India the whole time. India had three and two, and I think there were there were times actually, especially in New Zealand's first innings, when they were crying out for a fourth seamer and they didn't have it. And you know that that, that the balance of their side didn't allow them to to have it. And it's it's probably going to be. It might well be. Who knows? It might well be an issue going forward into the into the England series as well. There are times when you know they'd love four seamers to keep the pressure on, but they won't be able to do so. Yeah, and and they had two key men. Uh, particularly for these conditions, but I think going forward, one of them will be hugely influential. Uh, of course, Carl Jameson, the, the man of the match, deservedly for his seven wickets and also his runs. And Tim Southey, an old-fashioned style swing bowler. And that uh, was ideal for these conditions because he was able to just pitch the ball a little bit fuller than most of the Indian bowlers who are sort of more back-of-a-length bowlers. But Jameson was the key crucial difference, partly because of his height, and the interesting uh, stat that came out sort of towards the end of uh, about the third day was that both Kohli and Pajara, which is the sort of engine room of the Indian batting order, struggle a, a bit more against tall bowlers. Mm. Their average, their batting average is at least 10 runs lower against tall bowlers like Jameson than, than any others. And uh, also, actually, Jameson kept a very good control on the Indian batting, only conceding 1.3 runs and over in the match, as well as the seven wickets he took. Those two key wickets he took this morning, Kohli and Pajara, classic wickets of about a man with, with height and, and accuracy, just a little bit of extra lift, causing those batsmen discomfort. And that destabilised India's second innings, and they really only mustered 170-odd in the end, mm -hmm. which was never going to really seriously tax the, 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 the New Zealand 
second innings. But also, just one other thing, Jameson's batting. You know, very useful 20-odd runs in that first innings for New Zealand and Southie as well. A very valuable a few runs down the order, which India couldn't match. Yeah, and it got them going as well. It got the New Zealand innings going. It had been in slow motion uh, for, for most of it. And those two, Southie and Jameson, yeah, it got it got some momentum, some forward momentum, got that very useful 32-run lead. I mean, Jameson's figures are incredible. 46 overs, 22 maidens, 7 for 61. I know it's a pitch, you know, that was in which it was difficult to score. Uh, Andy Zaltzman came up with a stat that those are the most economical figures in a test match in England, match figures of someone who's bowled 20 overs or more since 1994. So the, you know, the most economical bowling in England in a test for 27 years. And what a, what a time to produce it in, in one of the, well, the ultimate test, as, as it was described, one of the biggest uh, test matches in history, the first match of the World Test Championship. And, of course, Jameson as well today. I mean, it, <laughs> the game could have finished much dirt earlier. Jameson also found the edge of pants bat, and Tim Southie, at second slip, dropped the catch. And I know you were, uh, uh, not upset, but you were questioning whether Southie should have been in that slip cordon. Well, very much so, uh, because basically Tom Latham has, has called caught faultlessly during this summer in England. And also, I don't like a fast bowler who is actually bowling at the time from the other end, stroke going into that key second slip position. I think Why it, not? Just because it's tiring. I mean, you know, bowling takes it out of you, fast bowling, and you need to rest in between overs. You can't concentrate at second slip as effectively, I don't think. And there have been few cases. Ian Botham would be one, I suppose, mm. of a Bob, fast Bob Willis fielded there as well. Where, yeah. where did you field? Third slip. Oh, I was down on the boundary as far away as possible. And I, and I do think that I think that's important for bowlers, just to, to rest their mind. It's hard to concentrate. Look, Tim Southey's a very good fielder, and mm. I know he's taken some great slip catches, but he's dropped three, actually, this summer uh, in different games. And that, was, that could have been a massive drop. Luckily, uh, Henry Nichols then took an absolute oh. stunner, running back over his shoulder to get rid of Pant. But that was their one sort of mistake, probably, that, that New Zealand made today, was that putting Southie into second slip, a really key position. But going back to Jameson, you know, what was so impressive about him, and I've been watching him now, probably like you, for the last few months, and he's improved every game. You know, even uh, at Lords, I thought, yeah, he looks all right against England, but there's there's room for improvement. But here, you know, he was bowling that relentless line uh, that that you'd identify or associate with people like Courtney Walsh and, and Kirtley Ambrose, bashing away at just short of a leg, but able also to pitch the odd one a bit fuller and getting the swing and just never letting the batsman get get away. Absolutely superb. Here's another stat. You're talking about not letting the, the batsman get away he bowled in the second inning to 24 overs and he did not concede a single boundary mm. I mean that, that is amazing yeah. isn't it yeah no absolutely right the pitch probably played into his hands a little bit mm. because it did have that that bit of extra bounce I think great credit to the ground staff actually because I thought that pitch was there was only two fifties in the game well, you know, maybe it was a little bit too much in, in the, the bowler's favour, but that was largely due to the overhead conditions. And today it played pretty well until Boomer got one to lift into Ross Taylor's head. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just tremendous control from Jameson. But within that control, some potent deliveries swinging both ways as well. 
we've rather tossed away Henry Nichols' catch. I mean, I know you said it was an excellent catch, but I think we should just dwell on it a little bit more because it was at quite an important stage of the day because I think there, there was a scenario, New Zealand won with seven overs to spare and they won by eight wickets and it looks comfortable, but I think there was a scenario that if India had got another 40 runs, obviously that would have extended the game, but it would have, I mean, it was quite tough for New Zealand to start with and they, they battled away, but because they only had to chase 139, you know, you knew that one, eventually the pressure was going to release a little bit and so if it had been 180 190 then you know that might have been a heck of a chase and there might have been a lot of pressure uh, brought to bear by the Indian bowler so the pant dismissal absolutely vital because as soon as he went then the rest followed pretty quickly it was it was a magnificent catch for those of you who haven't seen it, it's worth seeing if you get the chance but in, in a strange way um, I'm not sure if TV necessarily does it Justice, you almost have to. We tried to actually because we put a line on it to show how far he ran 40 right. meters, right. but and, and obviously all the different cameras. But 38 cameras covering this game, yeah. by the way. But I mean, one of them sort of did get the the ju- the, the kind of uh, the run back that Nichols had to do and trying to judge the ball as it was coming over his shoulder out of a blue sky, and then he had to sort of adjust at the end and take it just in front of the or just off the ground to his right so he had to sort of move his hands quite significantly to the right from the original position because the ball tends to those sort of top edges tend to swing and yeah. and swerve at the end yeah I, what i was going to say was i mean well well done to tv for all those 39 cameras to make yeah, and that's great to you know, show the degree of difficulty and of course you can now with so many cameras and, and also yeah, the, i don't think it does actually show the degree right. of difficulty but, though really but well, you know we tried our best yeah I think the point I was going to make is to to be on the ground as a spectator you really appreciated it I mean I was I was watching it from the balcony of, of my hotel room and I had a really good view you could see the ball steepling into the sky and as I watched it I thought my money's on the ball 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 what a catch you know, it was that it was that sort of feeling. You know, you, you it was one of those you think he's he's not going to get this. He's, and and later it, on, there was another one like that, wasn't there? When uh, Ross Taylor went for a big hit yeah. and got a top edge, and it, the money was on the ball, yeah. uh, but that was Boomer underneath it, and he never. I don't think he ever laid a hand on it. Yeah. And that you know, those catches probably go down more often than they're taken. Yeah. Those those really difficult ones over your shoulder, running back, the ball spinning in the air and uh, going away from you all the time. What was this a triumph for? Was it also a triumph for New Zealand's preparation? I mean, they did come to England and they played two test matches. They were, you know, they were ready for this game. Uh, although, you know, lo- lots of times these days we see players, you know, having to go straight into international cricket with very little preparation and doing perfectly OK because they're, they're sort of used to it now. Do you, do you think New Zealand came into this game just a bit better prepared than India and the conditions suited them? Or you know, or is it? I mean, is that too simplistic? They, they, you know, just on the day or over the six days, they just outplayed India. You know, they're they're a very fine side, and they just outplayed a, you know a decent Indian side. No, I think that the, the first thing that you said is probably right. I think they were a bit better prepared. I don't think that was India's fault. I think uh, New Zealand just had the the benefit of those two Test matches against England, and they were a, a slightly better equipped side bowling wise, particularly to utilise these conditions. But it, for New Zealand, generally, it's a triumph of teamwork. It's a triumph of a, a squad as well, with players able to come in, the, the likes of someone like Matt Henry, you know, able to come in and bowl superbly in that one test match at Edgebaston and now be, be on the reserve bench again. And uh, uh, just the, 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 the different bowlers for different situations. I mean, someone like Neil Wagner, 
You know, what a tremendous cricketer, not only actually with the ball, but, you know, diving around in the field and his aggression and the way he got to Jadeja's wicket yeah. today. You know, they couldn't get the, the, the man out with the normal sort of orthodox method. So he went round the wicket and tried loads of bouncers and some, you know, it takes a lot out of someone to keep thrashing the ball into the middle of the wicket and get it around chest high. He was doing it to pant as well. And in the end, it worked. He got one just a little bit more offside, and Jadeja, uncertain whether to play or leave, got yeah. the edge. And that could have been a, that was probably almost as as crucial a wicket as the Pant yeah. one because Jadeja could have done some damage. So it's just all those guys. I mean, Ross Taylor at the end, you know, gritting it out, gutsing it out when they'd lost those two early wickets to Ashwin. Um, Kane Williams had a five-hour innings in that first innings of New Zealand, just to kind of try and absorb the Indian bowlers' sting and 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 grind them down. I mean, virtually every player you could highlight had some kind of contribution. Just to interrupt the conversation briefly to talk about Mission Teas, a product that actually Michael Vaughan told me about originally. Uh, it was founded by Tom Whittle, who was a, a sort of young entrepreneur on a nine-month cycle ride through South America, and he was struggling a little bit with his energy levels and his stamina. And then he discovered these Argentine herbal teas based round two herbs, yerba mate and matcha, renowned for their slow release of energy. And when he came home, he produced a range of teas. He's called Mission Teas, a range of herbal teas. They uh, help with performance, energy boosts, hydration, relaxation, and even sleep. And now a number of sports stars, footballers, cricketers, and athletes actually swear by them. And they really are quite delicious as well as incredibly beneficial especially if you're uh, an active type of person and they avoid the dependency on caffeine which so many of us uh, have, have developed so i feel really upbeat about mission teas and mission are offering listeners of this podcast 20 percent off your first order if you go to missionuk.com and type in the code cricketer20 at checkout so that's missionuk.com use the code cricketer20 and give Mission Tees a try. What we should do is turn to the World Test Championship itself and ask the question, was it a success, this final? And will it work going forward? Is it a good idea? Uh, What suggestions uh, could we put forward to improve it? Or is it just a question of really there's got to be compromise because of the fact that there's so much international cricket played and you just have to fit in the series where you can? What is, what is going to happen in the next iteration of the World Test Championship is it's going to be 12 points for a win. And it's not going to be one of those situations where each series is worth 120 points. And if you play a two-match series, you get 60 points. And if you play a, a five-match series, you get 20, whatever it is, 20, cool. 24 points or whatever it is. Every match is going to be worth uh, 12 points and then the number of games you play is is going to be sort of divided by the points you get so you're going to get a percentage like, like they ended up this time that's what they're going to do um perhaps you know they just that seems to be a sort of a compromise situation i mean in an ideal situation it would be good to have everyone playing everyone wouldn't it in in a series so you have you know the the, the top say eight test teams possibly i don't know uh, playing everybody home and away and then you know you have a real sort of evenness about it but that there just isn't the the room in the calendar to do that so it, 
first question then is is that satisfactory to to get you know the the top two teams well i think that uh, it's been a a difficult process partly because it's been interrupted by covid and because the whole uh, calendar the international calendar is such a mess at the moment gradually perhaps over time now that the, the the dust has settled eventually on this tournament it will become clearer perhaps for the ICC to be able to plan ahead a bit more effectively and you know hopefully there won't be another pandemic to to interrupt the process i think it has been a success i think it's drawn a lot of attention it's created a lot of interest i think it's made all the players focus on it as well and make themselves available uh, whenever the, the the points are at stake for this particular tournament I, I, yeah, I mean, generally, I think it's been wonderful. I mean, the Indians have, have been staunch supporters of it, which is good to get them their buy-in, isn't it, on mm. on this on this uh, format of the game. Um, I, I like the the idea of, of points per match, and I think that you know what you often find in three match series is you know say one team takes a two nil lead, that makes the third match almost irrelevant. Well, now it's not irrelevant because you know you can still win points for the for the championship. So. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some tinkering, but the main concept I love. What about you? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's really good. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not by any means, um, but I like the idea of a World Test Championship. I also quite like the idea of a one-off match as well. Some people were saying that yeah. Ravi Shastri was saying there should be a, you know a best of three, and you know possibly in, a, in an ideal world. But I think there's something about on the day, and that's what finals are. You know, Eng- England dominated. Uh, white ball cricket, ODI cricket, didn't they? But actually, what it came down to in the end was was those big moments on the day. And it's the same with tournament football, isn't it? You know, you can say, oh, yeah, we were unlucky, you know, this this and that happened. But on that day, on that night or that, in that afternoon, can you come up with the goods on, on that afternoon? So I, I quite I quite like that. Um, yeah, you know, the, the weather situation on, in a one-off match is, is an issue. Um, I, I saw a suggestion from Mark Taylor, the former Australia captain, saying that you know, we, perhaps we could have a timeless final, but with the first innings restricted to 150 overs. I think one of his thinking there is one of the problems is that you know you could just you, you could, it could be really boring because you could just bat on and on and on and on. You know, you just you know. And, and not try to score too quickly, and you, you want you want the final to be a bit of a spectacle as well. You don't you want batters to be playing shots and you know to be exciting. I don't think you just want grinding. The conditions here, I think, made that made it a bit of a grinding match. So you know, a limit on the first innings. I mean, that's a bit artificial, isn't it? It's not normal in Test cricket. You'd have that. What, so wh- what about that suggestion? So a timeless final, but a limit on the the number of overs you can bat in the first innings. I, I wouldn't have a timeless final. I, I'd have a five day final in the same format as as all the other matches. And I think what they've done here, added a sixth day, maybe they should add two days extra mm. just to make sure you get the 90 overs in per day, you get the total of whatever it is, uh, four, uh, what, what, five nines of 45, 450 in total, yeah. make sure you get the 450 overs in. I wouldn't schedule it in June in England because, as we know, we've seen this rain this week. And um, last year in the World Cup, two years ago in the World Cup, it was raining in June and a few matches were washed out. So perhaps June isn't the best month for it. It should be a bit later. I know it's sunny now and it was sunny last week, but June is a bit of a lottery. So if it's going to be in England again, which it's likely to be, and it's apparently going to be at Lord's, then it needs to be in July to me. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem the problem with playing in England is you can never predict the the weather from from one week to the next. So the I, I mean, I I think June, July, August, you know, any of those times are fine because those are you know it's, it's generally warmer then, 
And if you are going to play it in England... I'd have it in the school holidays as well. well. Okay, yeah. You know, so that we've got yeah. loads of kids can watch. Yeah, and, no. uh, you know, that draw raises more profile for the Test Match yeah. format. Yeah, well, I, I, that's, that's fine. But I mean, that's here, though, isn't it? That's you know, just yeah. in the UK that it's, it's the school holidays. Around the world, you want to draw the worldwide audience as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, you've got time zone issues and, uh, and things like that. So, okay, I, I don't think you can be prescriptive about, you know, you, you don't hold it in June in England. Because, you, you, you know, two week, we've had two weeks of glorious weather before the World Test Championship put the stumps in the ground and then it, it started to rain. You know, the first day it started to rain. I mean, but we, we, yeah. but we got through. So the extra day, I think, is, you know, that was good foresight, actually, to, to tack another day on. What about not holding it in England at all? What about, you know, going to India and holding it or well, Australia? Share it out. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like the World Cup, yeah. share it round and play in different conditions. Very, very important to do that and, and make sure each country buys into to the like making it a festival of, of test cricket absolutely right so that would be great but what okay so could would you hold it in in say somewhere like south africa where test crowds are not very good or west indies where well, test yeah, crowds are not very good i think you have to encourage the, the, them to to support it you know any test country that's capable of of putting this game on i would absolutely say in the same way as the world cup i would say they deserve to have a go mm. And you look at the teams who are playing in the, the World Test Championship. Is there a bit of a two-division situation, though, where you've got England, Australia, New Zealand and India and then sort of the rest? So, you, you, it, realistically, you, you're only going to get one of those, two of those four in the final? Or is it, it, it just goes in cycles and teams... Pakistan? Teams, Pakistan yeah, teams wane and teams rise. Yeah, West Indies, you never know. I, I, at the moment, I know there's a lowish ebb, but... I, you, I, you sort of feel there are things happening in some of these places, certainly in Pakistan, certainly in the West Indies. There are good, talented cricketers coming through. So I, I would be encouraged to try and share this tournament out around the world, you know, in, the say, the six six or seven countries, eventually Pakistan, the four you mentioned, Pakistan, South Africa and, and West Indies. And, and that gets you through to what, you know, 2035 or something. Well, yeah, I think the next cycle is to 2031, isn't it? That, well, that's, that's what they've got in, in the calendar. So every, every two years now until yeah. 2031. So I make that about another four World Test Championship finals. And you, know, it, 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 you definitely got the sense that both, both sides were really up for it. And the Indian supporters who were here, I mean, they, they actually, I mean, in a way, it was great having them here because they made lots of noise. There was lots of colour. It's only 4,000 in the ground. But in a way, that was, that was better for the match, mm, wasn't it? The, yeah. when, when India play, there is, there is a sort of carnival atmosphere. And uh, actually, it was a pleasure to work on it as well, um, certainly from a TV point of view. The ICC pulled out all the stops as I say, you know, 40, 38 cameras covering it and the, some of the best commentators around the world. It was a real United Nations of commentary team uh, and with lots of interesting input. I mean, working with people like Kumar Sangakkara, Ian Bishop, Simon Dool, Athers Nasser, you know, Dinesh Kartik sort of introduced uh, late on, Sonny, Sonny Gavaskar. You know, there was lots of really interesting input there. I think it, it was an education in the game and an exhibition of the game and certain many masterclasses have been made as a result of this commentary team a crack production team as well the sort of remnants of the channel well, it must four. have been because you were working yes, on it yes i know um no the, the remnants of the channel 4 uh, production team that that did the uh, the test series in you know the early 2000s many of those individuals sort of back on site and actually it was a it was a, a tremendous backroom production which I think really looked added 
gloss to the to the uh, to the event. Yeah, I suppose the only problem is is that you know if you're turning on and you're, I don't know you're in, I mean, it, there was a lot of comment from around the world saying why they hold it in England it's raining. That, that's the thing. You can you can yeah. present the cricket that's played brilliantly, but when people go, oh no, it's another another day of rain. But I, the, I think the the really good thing for this competition, a very good all round side has won it. And also, we we got a positive result. And, you know, we, we okay. It took us a long, long time. Was it six thirty, on the on the sixth day? It feels like G- Genesis, doesn't it? On you know, on the seventh day, God rested or whatever. You know? um, but it does feel like we've been here for about three weeks yeah. as well. Yeah. But, well but, but but you know, I, actually, it, it was a good venue for the event as well. Yeah. In the end. Yeah, I mean, well, it is a good venue here, isn't it? The uh, the Hampshire Bowl goes back to the Aegeus Bowl after the, after this match. Is you know, it's a, it's a lovely sort of countryside uh, venue. It's not easy to always easy to, to get to for spectators, but they turned up and there was you know there was a good noise every day. I think it's, I think it's important. You know, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting balance actually. That idea of playing in a, in a country where the weather is going to be good. Someone suggested that like the UAE, but no no one's going to turn up in the UAE to watch it, are they? But, I mean, the, you know, there are Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi expats there working, but they, you know they work during the day and they'll, they'll come for T20 in the evening but for a test match I, I'm not so sure possibly involving India who knows but I mean you can imagine if it was scheduled England Australia or in, in the UAE not not many would, mm. would turn up so you've got to you've got to think about that so England does seem a good place to hold it I can I can see it working in India I can see it working you know even you know somewhere like New Zealand in one of those sort of outgrounds and and Australia as well possibly South Africa but perhaps you know, the winners should should host it the next time well that, that might be a reasonable suggestion and uh well off to new zealand for the next world test championship final but you think it's going to be at lords do you i well I, that's what i've heard right yeah and in two years time so 2023 i mean lords were supposed to host it this time but because of the hotel we're in at the aegeus it, it seemed more appropriate in these covid times to to have a more secure environment but hopefully in two years time we'll be uh, we'll be out of the worst and and then you can have a proper final at lords yeah. i like it here i mean i think it it feels modern. It feels quite traditional as well, you know, in the sense that there's sort of a pavilion at the far end, and uh, you know the excellent facilities here, the nets and the indoor school, and there's a golf course to relax on, and the hotel on site. I mean, it's a tremendous setup. So the World Test Championship concept is not a dud. It works for the game. Is it? I mean, is it is it the salvation for Test cricket, or is it just something to try? No, I think it is the salvation for Test cricket. It gives focus to most Test matches that are played. And sometimes Test series do seem a bit sort of irrelevant or half of, you know, once a, it has been determined who's won a series, 2-0 or whatever, you sort of think, well, what's the point of it? But you want to make every match mean something. And I think this tournament achieves that. Good luck to England because two of their series in, in the next cycle are going to be India at home five matches and Australia away uh, it's going to be a, quite a big test for them to, to qualify next I time I right? think um, having seen this India side be be defeated by New Zealand that England have got a bit more chance actually in this India series I was quite gloomy uh, looking ahead to the five tests against India in August but I now feel a bit more that England have a chance if they pick the right side they've got a bat well clearly mm. because this Indian bowling attack are good but I wouldn't write England off, actually, whereas I had about seeing them the way they were beaten by New Zealand. In a way, England can feel slightly better about losing 2-0 to New Zealand, having seen New Zealand beat India. 
So there we go then. The first World Test Championship final is over. We got there in the end. We got a positive result. Magnificent uh, display uh, by New Zealand. They've been brilliant all summer. I suppose our focus now turns to the sort of, turns back really to the England International Summer. The T Twenty series against uh, Sri Lanka is underway, and the next time uh, we speak to you, we'll be focusing on uh, what's happening uh, with England. But we've, we've I think we've really enjoyed our our foray into a, into a neutral test match on these shores. Yes, and and just to say that uh, Cricketer Magazine I mentioned at the start is out this week. Uh, it's a, a, a real packed magazine full of fascinating stuff, including a big feature on what makes New Zealand sport so successful and elite, almost like the new model for international sport that Australia used to be, uh, which will really anger the Aussies, of course. Uh, so you can pick that up by going to www.thecricketer.com slash subscribe. There's a special offer at the moment. And please buy it because we put a lot of effort into it and there's some good stuff in there. Just imagine the Aussies seething tonight, look, looking at New Zealand, thinking they had our final place. If only we bowled our overs quicker and we beat them 3-0 at home and they, they thrashed them 3-0 at home when they, they came to us a year well, or so ago. Well, so our message to the Aussies is hurry up. Get through your overs, you idiots. Thanks very much for listening. Well played, New Zealand. Goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.